Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. This is Victory Over Sin, and my name is Mark Rennick. The first part of the show, we explain what Victory Over Sin is and who funds us. We are actually funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul. We are an advocacy organization for them. And what is our mandate? Our mandate is to go forth and educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be on parole. I've been on, I've been in the prison system, been on parole, and now I'm off parole. But we feel strongly that you don't understand everything that's going on at the Department of Corrections. And so we attempt to share that with you in several different ways. One of them is this radio show. And we're approaching, I think, 100 shows now. So this is pretty impressive in terms of a body of work, if you will. You can go back to the archives at KBXL under Victor Over Sin and take a look at those shows. We've had all sorts of exciting people on there, the director, people who have been in prison, out of prison, just out of prison, people who support the population who serves these clients, these returning citizens, if you will. It's impressive. And we've got an impressive show for you today, too, also. Uh, in addition to that, uh, what we also have is a PowerPoint that we will be happy to share with your business group, your service group, your church. And it addresses the highlights and the issues that affect those of us who have come out of incarceration. The interesting thing about this program is that it's a PowerPoint that's delivered by somebody who's been in the system. So you'll see them stand a little bit taller as they give that presentation and answer those questions because they have lived those experiences. It is an exciting time for those of us who are incarcerated. A lot of stuff is going on in terms of the system here in the Department of Corrections. As many of you know, if you follow the news, there's people out of state in terms of going out of state for because our prison system is full. Our director has uh, put down a proposal to build a half-billion-dollar prison, and all those things will be on the table with a new legislative unit, legislative session that will be coming up in January. We just had uh, an elective process in which we lost a few players. A couple of the players who are our friends were close, but it should be an exciting system. Now that everybody's elected, it is your role now to get involved. So as you would like to get involved, at the end of the show, I'll let you know how to reach out and touch Get in contact with me, and uh, I can help you in those veins. If you want to go out and show the PowerPoint or if you want to be a part of the process, we'd be happy to have you. We are linked very strongly with a group out of New York called Just Leadership USA. And if you Google that name and look it up, they they tend to be the advocacy organization for those of us who have been incarcerated. Check that out. It's free to join and get on their mailing list. Like I said, it's an exciting uh, fall for us, and it'll be more exciting in 2019 with addressing some of the issues. Let's try to make some changes. I'm going to be right back with, I am so excited. I've got two of my favorite people in the world here who are friends of returning citizens, and we'll be right back to introduce them in just a second. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated. 
and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and Coffee Shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, thank you. We're back. It seems only appropriate as we get close to 100 shows that we've got two of our favorite people in the studio and two people who have... Uh, been pillars in terms of working for those of us who are incarcerated and i'm happy and honored to have mr Daryl taylor and mr doug hardy in the studio welcome guys well, hello mark thank we you we have mark. never done this the three of us have never never this no. is exciting but i would like to point out is the am i the executive producer of this show i don't know maybe yeah, i you, think so maybe you you put canned me together. from that no, i don't no, know no, no no but i believe daryl this is four is this the fourth appearance? I think it is. Yeah, I think, I think it, is. it is. Which yeah. makes you the most frequent guest on the Victory Over Sin program. That is probably true. That is probably true. There, there are jealous guests out there who are listening to now <laughs> thinking, I'm going to get a nasty email from Why you put that Daryl on all the time? I know it. I know it. And I told him um, the other day, I said, well, if I, have, if I get to go on, that means I'm number four and that means I get a donut or something. So you still owe me a donut. But you, we think you already had a donut today, and you bought it. That was kind of, I felt bad about it. I would have paid for it. <laughs> we'll get to what Mr. Taylor and I did uh, this morning. We were taping this on Friday, and this is on um, Saturday afternoon. But we've got some exciting news coming up. But tell me a little bit about, let's start with Daryl Taylor, in terms of what you've done and all the kinds of good stuff you did for those of us who we call returning citizens. Give me a short bio, an elevator bio. Well, um, back around, uh, oh boy, help me out here, about 2007, the um, uh, IMSI was looking for, um, uh, for faith-based um, uh, um, curriculum to help uh, guys getting, um, uh, going into the Hope community with, uh, in G-Block at IMSI. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, Dave Stone and I, we did uh, Celebrate Recovery on Thursdays in the morning. And um, and um, just went from there. We did that for how many years? It seems like a lot, but you're you're minimizing the fact that you worked for the department and you were a child. I mean, you're kind of leaving some major stuff out there, buddy. Well, yes, I was uh, worked uh, 23 years for the state. I was a uh, started out as a correctional officer in uh, 1990, and went went uh, from there went to um, education for about three years, and then I was in charge of the ISCI chapel for about six. See there? See, and there's, there's people listening to you out in the desert now hear that voice and think, I know that guy. That's who that is. <laughs> and, then after, and then I retired from, uh, from uh, the Idaho Department of Corrections. And then I was, uh, for 11 years, I was the pastoral care minister at uh, 10 Mile Christian Church in Meridian. Just retired? Just retired. Uh, Still an elder? Still an elder, Kicking yes. around, telling Steve Moore what to do. Um, I'm, that's my job. That's exactly. Yeah. It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, the other person who is in the studio today with me is uh, Doug Hardy, who everybody knows is the voice of KBXL, right? The, 
I don't know if I officially have that title, but I'm on. You're on a lot. I'm on quite a bit. Yes. Yes. That's right. And you certainly are a radio superstar in the Treasure Valley historically. I've been up and down the dial a few times, <laughs> but I started out at the prison in 2004 out at the Maximum Security Institution. Guy out there, a chaplain by the name of Ken Soltz. Hi, Ken. How are you doing? Okay, called awesome. me up and just, you know, I put some applications out there and gone through a training. And he called and said, hey, I really could use some folks out here at Max. So went out there and began and was absolutely terrible as a volunteer. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. It was awkward. And I bring that up not to be self-deprecating. I bring that up just when, when God, I think, puts something in your life for you to go do. Right. You know, we worry a lot about our performance and how well we're performing at it rather than just this is what God has for me to do. And he will be enough mm-hmm. and he will get us to where we need to be. So just would go out there and stand at the gate. Why am I doing this? I don't want to be here. I don't, I, I want to be here, but I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I know I should do this, but I'm scared to go in. Mm-hmm. And the last one was awkward and, or nobody came and um, just got started. And then at Max became a, a volunteer out at the Hope Community. Yep which was the original. Right now you are in IMSI Hope Community Phase 2. This was Phase 1 and was a volunteer, did devotions, and then just started coming out and kind of hanging out Mm -hmm. there uh, on the cell block and was the volunteer chaplain on B Block for a short stint. Which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, that was where there were quite a few death row inmates, um, some of the more notorious criminals, I guess, the kind that would be major headline news in the state really were out there. You have to really upset them before, before you go to B-Block, you have to really upset the system. Or have really significant charges. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yep. <laughs> um, and so as they were, I would go around and they would be in their cells with just the plexiglass yep. and you would go up and you could slide some things under the door so you could slide a calendar under or some materials. So I would walk around with a little handful of stuff. I created a little B block newsletter thing that I would slide under the door and, you know, just uh, tried to impact and make a difference. And then had the opportunity to do some musical worship services, playing videos. Mm -hmm. So we got a big screen into the chapel at the yard, which I don't know if it's still back behind the stage there or not, but we would set that up, play rock videos, have the guys come up, uh, make some noise and try to share the gospel. And from there got into transitional housing. So, yeah, I know. And that's, it's, uh, I think what the point that you made though, that was so impressive to me is so difficult for anybody to do is just driving around, listen to our voices. It is to take that next logical step and follow it and understand that God will be there at your side and have the faith to understand that you're not going someplace that he doesn't want you to go. Yeah, and that's, so, that's, that's so key. true. Yeah, I thought I was the only one that I'd be standing at the gate saying, you know, there's somebody better that, that can do this than, than me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think we, I experience that every day. I think Daryl and I experienced that this morning. We were sitting, we did a short prayer before we walked into the building we were going into, and I'm thinking, what in the world, man? What are we doing? Yep. You know, and uh, it worked out real well. So we were protected and we were taken care of. So, yeah, I think that's a, the theme. If you get any of that, it's not so much about being uh, in the system or being out of the system, if you're walking around just trying to figure out your life, it is take the next logical step and God will be there to help you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, let's do talk a little bit about why we're here today because it's kind of exciting. I think we're gonna. I think it's monumental. Um, a couple of us, all three of us, have been talking about this for a while. We always thought it'd be so cool to have some more formalized support for somebody who is in the system and who wants to further their life in terms of walking with the Lord and do it in a way that gave them some credibility and some specific credentials, if you will, in theology to go forth and become a pastor. And I think we have that now. Uh, Daryl and I were at um, Director Atencio's office, and we got the formal okay to actually put a seminary in ISCI, and that's going to happen in January. So if you're listening to my voice, the things are in the works. We're going to put this together, and uh, it's going to be put together by an organization that Doug and I know that we call Serving USA. But you want to address a little bit of uh, that from your standpoint, Mr. Hardy, in terms of uh, the Urban Institute? You want to talk about that? In terms of our conversation with Clef and stuff? Yeah, so Serving USA has a desire to get this into as many institutions around the nation as possible, and Idaho is one of their areas. And they want to be able to build up folks in Christ, and then when they're released, be able to continue that, to be able to take what they've learn and how they've grown wherever they go to be able to just grow that impact. But there has to be training. And we see all the time people with a lot of excitement about maybe doing something and then they fail because they really haven't been trained up, you know, in, in the way to go. And so that's what the, the seminary is about. And first and foremost, we want men and women to be saved and we get we get very caught up in problems and issues. They 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 face this and they battle this, and then on the outside there's an opioid crisis, and oh they're going to legalize pot, and then it's all going to go crazy. And they've they've all these things. Yep. They can't find work, whatever it is. We get so caught up in f- addressing and fixing these problems that if we're not careful. We can forget the main thing sometimes. We want people in heaven. We want people to be born again. We want people to be saved. Yep. And so by by coming and being exposed to the gospel on a regular basis, first and foremost, that's what we pray for. And then we pray for spiritual growth. What's, mm-hmm. what's the strongest force to fight addiction and issues? Spiritual growth, knowing God more, mm-hmm. you know, having a more solid foundation in the Lord. So quickly, that's, that's, I guess, what I see and have passion for with something like this. Yeah, and I too, I think I'm excited about it being a vehicle, and we're at that same spot where we're talking about having faith and going forward. Do I know where this is going to end up? No, I don't. But I do know that there is an opportunity for those of you, at least initially at the yard, to step up, to be uh, supported and educated in the work that you want to go, and where that leads who knows? Okay. And that could be for somebody that's in there with life without, that could be somebody in there with uh, two years to go or three years to go, but it would be just great to sit by and watch the fruits as how this potentially develops. We'd kind of been talking about this with a couple organizations for a while. And we always thought Daryl would kind of head this up. And now that it's coming to fruition, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm excited still as I'm still thinking about what the director said was, we'll start here and we'll go to another prison. We'll go to another prison. So, uh, I'm sharing that excitement from him. I was surprised how receptive he was. Were you? Or? Very, um, very surprised, and he was very receptive. 
you know, the, um, the, the thing I, I like about uh, Director Atencio is he cares. He really does. And you can, you can tell that. And uh, anything that, uh, that uh, gives them hope and gives them um, a feedback on how they're doing, he's, um, he's 100% for right. it. And I think he's genuinely trying to find avenues for uh, the population that he's attempting to serve and to take care of, mm-hmm. if you will, but for the state, and to find opportunities for them. And I think the thing that we, Doug and I have found with doing the research as we set this up was this organization has – uh, this operation in 31 prisons in California, for sure, in 67 different yards. And the recidivism rate for the people who have gone through at least four of these modules is 5.1%. So that's pretty powerful. So that means they do sit through, and this isn't going to be something, this is going to be some work for them. This is going to be, you're going to look at some DVDs, you're going to take some paperwork, and you're going to need to complete it, and it's going to be a process. The process of 16 modules could take up to three years to complete. So this this is some time, this is some investment, but this is also something that can pay dividends not only for the state, the individuals, but the whole community at, at each institution, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I go back to IMSI Hope Community, yeah. because if you look at the residuals of that, here we are, how many years after that ended? Yeah, that ended in 2009. And okay. some people, I, I, you and I both know that I still get grief about why I named the agency IMSI Hope Community Phase 2. It's, it's specifically for this reason. But the community yeah. still exists, still and the exists. relationship still exists, still and, the, and the supporting of each other still exists. And you don't get that <laughs> with something outside of something that's biblical and Christ-centered. Exactly. Right? You know, exactly. You know, the anger management... Folks that went to the same class together, I don't think get together probably because of that class and support each other. This is something that builds up those relationships in the Lord that can go on for, you know, generations past. Exactly. Or in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the, one of the reasons certainly that I get up in the morning and I'm excited because this is the kind of stuff that's powerful that has, you never know where it's going to go. Whereas taking uh, breaking barriers or, or, uh, thinking for a change or something like that. You're right. There are no alumni associations for that. Yeah. I remember when you first got out, the one thing you wanted to do is to get people that have been, um, uh, that have, that were in G block. You wanted to get together. And I remember we met at a Meridian coffee shop. I thought it was so hard to get. <laughs> I always thought it's so enthusiastic. We'll all just get together, you know, Daryl and Doug and all these guys will all, and, and it, blew me away that they never wanted to do that. Not so many people wanted to do that. So, yeah. It's, but but it, there is that core that did. There is that core that did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think from that spark and from that core, I think we have developed, it's kind of where I was leading to next. In some ways, the three of us and the people who we love and support us and who we help, we've done some major things in the last seven or eight years. And that's yeah. real powerful. Oh, you yes, guys were yeah. doing it before I got out. You just let me kind of come along with you. And so to your credit, you, we really have done some stuff. Providence Housing is built out of the ruin of something that, that was a concept, but you've made work. And the work that you've done, when people say, Daryl Taylor, they know prison ministry in the Valley. And that's the effort that we need to do as individuals who care about this population and who work in this field. We have to keep going despite any setbacks, despite anything, and be that example for everybody for things to change. Would you comment on that or help me with that, Doug? I'd look to you to help me. Well, I I think things get built over time and it takes time. And this goes back 
if you go back to the beginning of, again, IMSI Hope Community, and it's just been very, very, very small steps consistently over time where God has us where we are today with what we have as far as resources, housing, um, helping with this seminary. There was never any just explosion moment. It was just the next step, constantly dusting off your sandals and taking the next steps that you need to take. And we've just been blessed through God's grace to be able to do that. And this is just something that came up. We wouldn't have seen this uh, even just a few no, months ago. We wouldn't even been looking for it. No. And it's again, it's a, yeah. a testament, if you will, to what God does for those of us, when you're doing the right thing, it's just that the stuff, it flows that way. And that is uh, a frustrating concept for me to t- attempt to get across to people. And that if you just keep doing the right thing, doing the right thing, as Doug always says, get a job for $10 an hour and pay your bills and just do the right thing. And it, it, it comes to fruition. Yes, it does. The, um, uh, what I'm excited about, about the Urban Ministry Institute is um, – well, uh, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, is uh, Francis of Assisi, a first century um, Christian uh, father. Um, his, uh, <clears throat> uh, his quote was, never stop preaching the gospel, and when you have to, use your words. <laughs> and, uh, and I like the, I liked the, uh, the Urban Ministry Institute because people are going to see uh, godly men and women, whether they're uh, wanting to uh, to be in the leadership of a church or whether they're a plumber or a waitress at uh, McDonald's, they're going to see something uh, that uh, in them that uh, they want to, whether it's a calm spirit, um, a bright you know outlook on life, and uh, this is this is going to be exciting. Yeah, actually, I think. Uh what happens to those of us too who I and people always say I'm always bringing up these examples but here you and I were picking up people from prison the other day and we were at our favorite place kind of her breakfast at the first hand and who is there eating breakfast but a fellow Hope community member Mark Cheney is there eating breakfast you know on his way to do stuff and comes up and so you know you see the hugs and the situation because he was incarcerated with us. He's been on this radio show too. And um, we're trying to get him down from the hills to help us. But he was there just and he got to see the energy of what that is. And uh, that's so powerful. And for those three individuals to see all of us right there and think, oh, maybe I can do this on parole. Maybe I can make this on parole. Maybe what Daryl believes or what this Cheney dude believes is the right thing. Maybe I should consider that. Maybe I should get involved with this. That, that's what you do, and sometimes it, it comes back. And it, it never ceases to amaze me, even when we're talking about finding uh, housing for a man who's been in there for 27 years who we're now struggling to find housing with, who was in our original, was in Hope Community with us. It's just very powerful. It all comes back to us. Yes. Okay, anything else? In terms of what would you say to other people who are out there listening to us that aren't quite involved yet? Either one of you can feel this, answer this question. Uh, we need their support. Um, if it tugs on their heart, what would you have them do, Doug? I would say... Other than uh, lend their financial support to uh, New Hope Christian Ministries. <laughs> Besides that, <laughs> I, I think... Certainly, you need to be in prayer. You need to be reading the word. Anything that you decide to do, don't be a lone ranger. Talk to 
your brothers or sisters in your small group or in your church and say, it, it seems like God's putting this on my heart to go and do this. Do I have any blind spots that I'm missing in this? Get some input from your brothers and sisters in Christ as you decide where the Lord is is leading you. I, I, I think he's, he's set that example in scripture. And then just be ready for a lot of internal battles of mm-hmm. your inadequacies, your fears, your anxieties, all of those different things that will kick up. And just remember, when God has given you something to do, those things get no vote. That's a, a quote somebody gave me recently that just helped me. Sometimes your emotions get no vote. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you're feeling. If God has put this in front of you and you believe this is what he's given you to do, mm-hmm. you just continue to take that next step. Pray for the strength, for the grace to be able to do it. And again, just just never be a lone ranger out there just going off to to do something. You, you should be plugged in with your local church and the church and pastoral care and your brothers and sisters should be encouraging you and helping you with that. Should never be putting on the Lone Ranger mask and doing it by yourself. Yeah. Want to add to that? Yes, um, especially for guys that are uh, going um, signing up for the uh, this ministry is the, um, uh, I would uh, really encourage them to uh, uh, to look around to the other guys that, that are there and seek their their support and their encouragement, and uh, and then also give them your support and your encouragement, because this uh, like um, like Doug says this isn't uh, this isn't um, you know a Lone Ranger stuff. This uh, mm-hmm. this is a community, and this is what's going to get you through. Not only uh, this uh, ministry, but also life itself. You, I agree. You, I, I, I call them coffee buddies. We, we all need a coffee buddy. Yeah, I will also add one more thing, too, because we're, we're, we're running out of time. But I know that when they had the original sign-up for Hope Community, there were only 36 beds available, and they were recruiting from all of Max, and I was in A Block. And it took a lot of courage on those of us part to sign forward and walk out of our, our cells that day to go out to G Block. And I know I had some apprehension. I always think about the man that was in my cell with me who signed up but backed out because of the peer pressure from his group of people that didn't want him to do that. And if you're out there in the desert and you see this sign up and your heart says sign up, sign up and just go for it. Okay, do what Doug's talked about, what Daryl's talked about. And what we tried to express today is that listen to what God's telling you to do and step forward. I thank you guys for being here. And this was fun. We should do this again. These are these are my two go-to guys, if you haven't figured that out already from listening to this radio. Thank you, Doug, and thank you, Daryl, for being here. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. Okay. You alone have risen. You alone have saved us. You alone have rescued us from the grave. Glory is your reign now. All creation cries out. You alone are king. Okay, as you can tell, that was pretty special. Those guys are uh, 
really, really favorites of mine, and the phone's ringing, which we can't answer. But if you need to reach out and get in contact with us, you want to do something or be involved, certainly please do. You can reach us at www.systemicchangeofidaho.com, and, or you can reach us on email, systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, systemicchangeofid.com. And uh, Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.